Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Can you hear us, citizens of Earth? Test. Coming in from the Bridge Two Podcast. Oh, Bridge of Two. Oh my god. Bridge Two is a bridge in... It was an actual bridge. Not even a cool bridge. No, it's not a cool bridge. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, they're yeah. not bridge of. They're not bridge. They're bridge not bridge of, I'm about to say bridge of bridge four. Of four. <laughs> oh man, they're not bridge four. The bridge of four, bridge two podcast. <laughs> okay, so this is the part where I say <clears throat> welcome to the bridge of two podcast. Woo! I'm your host, Josh, with your other host, Jeremiah. Right, and our last names are secrets. Jay Swizzle, as <laughs> people don't ever call me. My family calls me Red, and I won't tell you why. <laughs> Welcome. He's, he's, got, he's got red, rosy cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, thank you for that. Just take the mystique out of it. The, the danger. <laughs> the danger. <laughs> now, this is, uh, this is the Bridge of Two podcast, where we bridge the sci-fi and fantasy realms we love into a nerd cast of epic proportions. Yeah. So. Did you say nerd cast this time? I said nerd cast this good, time. Good, I nailed it. Good, 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 good. Because I wrote it down. <laughs> it's always and, a good idea to write things it. down. Yeah. So we're back. We are doing it. Back at it. Being consistent here. Somewhat. This is number three for us. And Third time's the charm. <laughs> feeling good about what we're putting out, so. I'm feeling cold right now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it is a little cold right under the... Ace. Drink your coffee. Drink your hot coffee. Uh, to start off the podcast right, we have coffee, and we have it in mugs, and mm. we're going to tell you about our mugs, because, because me and my wife have a thousand billion mugs in this household. Yes. And we, we need to put you in the space with us here. Mm, so I, what, tell, tell us about your mug. I am drinking my coffee out of... My wife tells me a special edition Harry Potter mug. It's got like a painting... Around it of Hagrid's hut with the pumpkin patch into the Forbidden Forest with a centaur and the car with a spider on it. Ooh, um, exciting! You know Harry Potter. You should know what I'm talking about with that scene to an extent. Yeah, you, those areas you should be clear. Um, but yeah, apparently it's a special edition. Not all, not a lot of them made. I don't know how my wife got it. Now, I don't know if she ever told me the story. Do you see any like that? That's like the scene. One of the scenes where there's the time turner being in play. So. Do you see any hiding wizards and witches? Like, anyone hiding behind the pumpkins? I or? do not. I see a unicorn. Any sign of... I see know, a hippogriff. Mi- magical mischief? Well, I mean, it's Harry Potter. There's always magical right. mischief somewhere. It's probably a hex on that mug. I wouldn't drink out of it. Too late. <laughs> you are cursed. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my mug is... Not that exciting, but it says Studebaker on it. And <laughs> With I a, think that's fun. And I guess, the, is that what a Studebaker actually is? Is I, like an old, old-timey old car. Uh, let's find out. Wall. Like, it looks like the original, like, Model T, like, Ford Model T. Only maybe it's the original Studebaker. Um, so, anyway, so that's what I picked for my uh, hot beverage to be in. I'm so, looking up what a stu- Studebaker, Studebaker is. is. Okay. Let us know. Yeah, I mean, it look, you know, this is popping up for Studebaker. Okay, like old cars. So yeah, old cars. So this is like like the OG. All our this looks super old timey old. car fans 
are sitting there slapping They're their heads right pulling now. their hair out right now. They cannot believe we didn't get that. It's not a car. It's a um, first century wagon. Come on. You don't know what a Studebaker is? My first car. <laughs> oh, my. We got some old listeners. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, yeah. So, we like to talk. Uh, when we start off in the Bridge of Two podcast, we like to, to talk about the... Uh, fantasy realms sci-fi realms that we've been hanging out in that week i guess is the way you can put it yeah um that's the way i've just, just put it. what you what you've been doing what you've been reading playing watching should i go first yeah you can go first this time i usually go first okay yeah so i've uh been playing kingdom hearts three and really enjoying Really enjoying it. Um, the we just got done with the Pirates of the Caribbean world, pretty much. Much better in the third game than in the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. I could not. Yeah, the second one it was very. Tro- I mean, the third one it's tropey, but it's really well done. The uh, in the third one, the se- the second one, I feel like I w- I couldn't wait to get done with that world. I that 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 world is like one of my least it's one of my least favorites in this in Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, yeah. specifically because of the mechanics of fighting the the undead pirates. Okay. When when they're not in moonlight, you can't hurt them. Oh. And that becomes the most irritating mechanic ever, I remember that. in my opinion. You've played that way more recently than I have, I think. Yeah, just I just I just beat went through two, so. Right. Um but yeah, I do remember being like kind of like excited <laughs> when I got to that world and I was like, "Oh, this is I need it. Can we get this over with?" Um, but I liked the, I, what was really fun was being in your own ship and just like going around, like it was like a little open world, um, Kingdom Hearts, you know, doesn't usually get super open world and it was probably the most open world where you just can go to any island and mm. look for crabs to make your ship better. Very, uh, very Assassin's Creedy. Yeah. It reminded me of, yeah. Remind me of, um, the fourth one, uh, fourth Assassin's Creed, Black Flag. Black Flag. That was yeah. a good one. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. But yeah, it was fun. And I'm getting used to more used to like the air step mechanics too, and like using them. So like that's you know like Airs. where you that's where you like target something, and then you can just like zoom over to it real fast. Oh yes, because um, like you'd be like on one end of the island, and then you're like, "Where's my ship? Oh, there it is." Just like target it, and just yeah, boom, that's right. Go to go right to yep, it. I do that's remember nice. that. Um, but yeah, so that's been fun. Uh, the like the end cutscene of that world was super intense. Like. Like first of all, it was really good. Like the graphics were really good. It was like a cut, like it was like, like a, a movie, like a cinematic. Yeah. And the way it tied it into the the main story of the the actual movie, you know, where it's like spoiler alert if you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean. 3. I think we've hit. I think we've hit our statute <laughs> limitations on that one. I know. It's, actually, I don't think I've ever seen Kingdom Hearts or not Kingdom uh, Hearts, Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean three. Really? I've seen, I've seen one, two, four, and that's it. Well, you've already had it spoiled because you played Kingdom Hearts three. So like uh, it doesn't take it doesn't I thought it was the story it, of the second one not the third one. It's no it's the third one. It's the third one because Maybe the, I have seen the third one. The third I one is where, you know, I mean it might have had stuff from the second one too, but like it ends on the third one where they're like on the ship um what's his name? Davy Jones is like kills Will Turner or like stabs him in the in the heart or chest or whatever and he's going to die and he takes the heart and then Davey, Jack's like... Yeah, that's number two. Davy Jones is, is number it? two. It is number two. Oh. I'm almost certain... Okay, hold on. That was going to bother me. 
Oh, man. I thought it was number three. Because I was like, I thought that was like the way, I guess, was Will Turner not in the third one? No, I think he was in the third one. I could be wrong. Like I said, a... I don't think I've ever seen the third one, so. Mm. So it was like, Prosecutor Black, Curse of the Black Pearl. And now, I, I think you're right. Now you say that Dead Man's, Dead Man's Chest, Chest is the second one. So mm-hmm. that would make sense. So what's the third one? At World's End, I think? I think third one was, yeah. And that's when I didn't see it was At World's End. Uh, yep. And then there's been two more. Yeah, those didn't Which have... I saw the fourth one. Those didn't I, have Will Turner and what's her name in and it. And Keira Knightley, yeah. Or Elizabeth Was, Swan. That, that's Keira Knightley? Yeah. Huh. The more you know. I mean, you can't really tell... I don't know my actors, actors and actresses very well, so... That's why I'm here, my friend. Just call me up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's the actress in Pirates of the Caribbean? Or actor. Or actor. <laughs> Not just actor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm going off a little bit about that, but it was just a, uh, really well done, uh, world and I'm really enjoying and getting into Kingdom Hearts 3 more and I'm excited to, you know, keep playing it. Um, yeah, but at first I was kind of bummed out about it, but I think maybe two, just playing it, you kind of get back into that Kingdom Hearts, the mechanics of Kingdom Hearts and how everything works and, you know. Get more acclimated to it. And it's gonna be so. You said you're planning on going back to and playing two after three, right? Because your daughter wants yeah, to cause, play. Yeah, because Ellie wants to play. That's a uh, that's see, gonna be a, some of the worlds in that world. That'll right? be a very interesting transition because the gameplay in two is magnificent, and probably one of the best. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it is a lot. Sl- I don't want to say slower, but not as flowy, maybe as. Three, three is just a very flowy. Well, I mean the yeah the the mechan the the mobility yes in, in three is really good it's very different in two i mean um, two was way the mobility in two was way better than the mobility one. in one you know you can get around a lot faster but um more yeah. combos like attack combos and stuff like that yeah but i do miss the like the forms in two yes i thought the forms were really cool cool uh you know way of doing magic you know anti-form and all that good stuff anyway that I feel like I took up a lot of time there, <laughs> but that was. Uh, I also played a little bit of a game called Warframe. Good game. Played that. I have played Warframe. The okay. uh, the like sci-fi ninja MMO shooter, yeah, third person shooter. That's a great way to appreciate how to, it's like, marketed. Pack it together. Yeah. Yeah, I've played. I haven't played much of it, but I played a little bit of it on my computer way back when, on the PS4 way back when. I think I even played on the Switch at one point for a it's, little bit. You know, it's free to play, <laughs> and they literally like every month or couple weeks there's like a three gigabyte update like i mean they they put so much into that game yep that i have not even touched and probably never will touch because when i do want to play it it's like okay i just get in it's a fun it's a game that you can just kind of get in and 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 have a satisfying kind of experience of just mm-hmm. i like the using the bow just like that was the one i used to some you know turn some uh enemies into pin cushions and and then uh you know call it a night but that's the thing about those games, though, like especially the MMOs, the ones that are so expansive. Like a good one for me is is a Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. Right. I want to play it, and I want and I do play it occasionally, but it's so hard because there's so much in it. Right. And I don't have the time to play all of it, but I want to. Yeah. 
you know, and, and it's hard to feel like you know. you're making progress too yes. sometimes. And I love MMOs. Well, MMOs are hard to just sit down for an hour and play. Like I could sit down yeah. playing Kingdom Hearts for an hour and I feel like I've made progress or whatever. But it's hard to sit down on an MMO and play for an hour. I mean, I guess I, if you're at end game, it's different. But when you're still making through yeah. the game, leveling up. Warframe is like is a little more faster paced though because it's not you are going you do go to people and get missions and stuff. But when you get into a level, it's usually like fifteen. 20 minutes. Yeah, I do remember that aspect of it. And so you can kind of like get in, get out, you know, and... Almost kind of like playing Call of Duty, but with story and cool. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, that's that, besides besides doing that, the uh, starting the D&D campaign. Did start the D&D campaign. That is something we've both done this past week. We did. Josh, we... Together. <laughs> Just us. No. no. Uh... <laughs> no, we have a D&D group, and I was DMing for a little bit, but being in school now, pretty much full-time and working full-time, I haven't had the, I don't have the time or the mental capacity to make an entire story of D&D, even one that's pre-written down uh, in an adventure path, because I obviously go off script way too much. Um, so I asked Josh to take over for, take over for me, He was, so he decided to DM while I'm in school, and we had our first session last Sunday? Not this, pre- not this previous, this today's yeah, Monday, yeah, so it, it would have had last, to be last, last Sunday, because we, we're not doing it, we were doing it every other week, um, and so we're not doing it this Sunday, so yeah. And I had a blast playing a character, um, already intrigued in the story, had zero combat and already in loving it. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I'm glad. Um, there almost was a lot of combat. We almost... <laughs> that would have been uh, a lot of thinking on my feet. Uh, so I was, you know... Since I don't think everyone in the party will be listening to this, so I I don't I'll I'll tilt tip, tip my hand a little bit more. I wanted I wanted the them when we started to be like uh, to kind of give them options and be like, okay, here's what you're here to do, but you don't really know much, and here's some places you could go. I mean, I started them right by a, a town, a pretty good sized town. And with some maybe some stuff that maybe would interest them to check to just see what's going on in the town. Um, but I didn't want to make it so enticing that they felt like we're supposed to go in the town. Mm. And then they went in. So I didn't. And since they were not the town wasn't their like actual destination, they were going on a little further to a big capital city to talk to the people that had called them on this to fulfill this mission. And so they were like, well, we we were called to this by these people in this capital city, so let's not dawdle around in this town. Let's just go straight there. Well, I had kind of pretty much like a, a bulk of my planning that I had, I had really really um, detailed planning on was in that small town. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so when um, so when they're like, let's go to the city, I was like, okay. And uh, Crap. I, I, had, <laughs> I mean, I had like a, I had like a general idea of what would happen when you guys got there as so. Um, but yeah, we were we surprised you um, what. Uh, so what happened, uh, you know, when you got to the city, would you would you well, have a warm welcome? Well, no, of course we show up and we were mind you, we were supposed to have been invited into this city by their 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 city council, basically. And we show up, pull out this letter and are immediately surrounded by guards and are being led to the prison. And we're all like, uh, what? You know? And we end up, they, we end up going to prison. We end up almost, whew, almost got into a, well, there's like 20 guards around us. 24. Almost, almost went into a combat with them. 
Don't know how that would have went. I tried very hard. I was trying very hard to, uh, you know, the, the plan was pretty much for you guys to be go to prison. Well, well, that's the thing is, so... <laughs> but you guys did, uh, I don't know what, how, you seemed more open to it. Well, I'm trying to play my character very, very, both, both like true neutral, but also like a good neutral, <clears throat> as in like, he's a very neutral character and uh-huh. just of how he views things. He has one specific goal in mind right? with, with how is, he's going with things, but other than that, like, he's not, doesn't necessarily, he's not necessarily for or against most things to an extent. I mean, like, he wants to... He does, to an extent, want to help people, which I think he's more of a good neutral, because he wants to help. Uh-huh. Um, but if in helping involves taking out five other people, he might he might do that. You know, it just right. depends. But he also, not I don't want to say is cocky, but is also very confident in his abilities. And so, well, you know, with the whole going to prison, well, like, my character has a few abilities. I can, one, I can Misty Step. Mm. You know, so you throw me in prison, I'll just Misty Step outside the doors. Mm. You know, I can also calm, I can also... After talking to Josh and having this, I, my weapon is actually attuned to me, and I can actually, as a bonus action, call my weapon to my hand. Right. So I was thinking about that as well. I was like, well, let me go. This. And so the thing is, is the city council who, as worried who, about the city council yeah. who had originally called us there were in this prison. So when I found that, I was like, oh, well, let's not fight. Let's just go in. No one else knows these abilities of my character, and I didn't want right. to like in story. I don't want to. I'm well, trying to you, stay in character, and you, you know? would have been right, and you would have been. Which I, I think that I, that's cool that you did that because. It, in character, you were surrounded by guards, so mm-hmm. it would have been hard for you to communicate that. It, without it coming without out, it, exactly. And I wanted to try my best to stay intentions. in character. Mm-hmm. And so eventually we ended up talking them into... Barely. Was, I think Stephanie's character yeah. persuaded Stephanie this, her, her well little naffling. Because I was like, I can't think... I just couldn't think of how this captain, you know, was going to let you guys not... You know, like he was so... He had his orders. He was following them to a T. You guys came in and you showed showed your letters from the civilian council that had been determined by the time you guys got there had been determined that they were traitors and they had to be thrown in prison. So when you guys said, "Hey, look, here's the seal from the civilian council," it was like, "Oh, that's what that's all he needed to know to throw you guys in prison." So I was like, "I can't, I can't just let them just go just because this would be really hard for me to do as a DM, like twenty four people fighting four people." Um, <laughs> so we was not anywhere near prepared for that. We probably would have ended up. It was, it was a cracking me up though. Caleb was like, uh, one of the, um, one of our, one our party members. He was like, I will not give up my weapon under any circumstances. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man. Which to be fair, I mean, he is a half work, he's probably playing a half work fighter. I mean, he's probably right. playing very much to his character. Yeah. I mean, I could um, tell too. Yeah. I could tell that was like a care, his care, him being in character. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then, so your, your wife was like, um, can I try to, you know, talk to the captain and just try to explain things? And, you know, sure she, since she was being creative and she rolled really good. And we had, to, and, and I like to, I, I, I'm glad that that worked out because I think that she, my wife is very brand new to D&D and has a hard time with the role playing aspect and thinking of things to do. Most of the times yeah. when we used to play, she was very quiet. I think part of the time too is because I'm DMing, so she can't really play off me as much as she might want to as far as like a character to character thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really nice seeing her really try to think outside the box yeah. and role play, and then to for her to be awarded rewarded by it by oh this actually worked oh my gosh like I can I didn't we didn't have to fight this guy so I was able to talk to him into you know letting us talk to someone else right and then I think that I'm just glad that happened because I think that's going to help her start branching out more into being able to role play more and get more comfortable with it and making right. up ideas and, and and since then for the rest of the the, sh- the episode she was role playing very well she was talking to other character you know NPCs and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and it actually like um, you know, I need to I need to have that um character reoccur because that that kind of <laughs> created like a a little bit of a, you know, a bond between that character, the captain because he listened to her character mm-hmm. and she ended little, up liking the like yeah, liking him like he's so nice. He's so yeah. he's nice. I like he's him. He's a nice guy. Yeah. You know? So um <laughs> And yeah. then we met we met a couple people who I want to kill already. <laughs> uh, the count, the, the the speaker, whatever. Can't remember his oh, name. Oh, the advisor, the, the to advisor the king? to the king. I want to kill the king already, and I have never even met him. <laughs> Sounds like a little baby. Um, like so there's that. Um, kind of not to go into too much more detail, but you know, I can't wait the, for the, the, the next bard, session. We met the bard who was supposed to be apparently one of the original <laughs> four heroes, who was just a crackhead <laughs> singing songs in the bar that did not give a. F- fly and flip about anything but that's also i'm i'm just i'm gonna say i am very already one at one one session in i am very very intrigued by the story and very excited to play in it and can't wait to see what continues to happen it was yeah Um, it was a lot of fun to you know just dangle the little stuff out there that it's like you guys realized in the tavern they they realized they, they after after everything they almost went to prison but they didn't they go to this tavern in the city and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And they end up realizing that like one of the founders of the town uh, from like a hundred years ago, which this, the, the threat has something, some relation to that. It seems like, <clears throat> I, would, I mean, is that fair to say? That's like, what we're getting That's what I'm getting, that we're getting at. Okay. You know, um, considering that they don't even, he doesn't even remember what the threat was. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, so there's there's one of the characters that was one of the founders of the town. He's a bard, and he's just in the tavern, just playing away. And then they find out that two of the civilian council members were actually founders of the town, too. So it's not just like, oh, it's a civilian council. It's also people that were around 100 years ago. And I, rem- I remember, like, too, just, I'm sorry to jump in, but I remember no, just sitting there talking with the bartender guy. And he talking about the the four, and he's like, "Yeah, we still, you know, they're all, you know, the bar, the blah." And I remember just thinking, like, in my mind, I was like, "No way!" And I was like, <laughs> "Wait a minute!" And I had my character turns around, looks at the bard, and he goes, "Is he?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was like, I mentioned, I made sure to mention that there was a gnome bard in the corner by the fireplace uh, playing an accordion, and so whenever he's talking to the bartender, and the bartender talks about the gnome bard that's still in the city. And I, my, I was, just, I was like, just like, I connected two to him. I was like, oh my gosh, he's here. It's him. I was like, I should be talking to him right now. And then I go talk to him and I get nothing out of him. Uh, other than the other two, our council, other two council members or other two party members were part of the council, are part right. of the council in prison. Right. Which you want to go to prison again, even more. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens next because. Which I tried almost talking to the party into, but they're like, well, and I'm not being a good idea. But anyway, we've spent a lot of time with that. We'll, we'll have, we'll keep everybody in tune with what's going on with that i i i it can i think there's a lot of interesting directions that it could go depending on how people you know decide i i have some i have some things too i want to work in some more i have some more things i want to you know entice you guys with as as other possible like options and leads well that's cool yeah my what about you uh not much this week sadly i read a couple more chapters in rhythm of war Loving, yeah. loving, loving Die Hard and you were through. <laughs> um, interesting to see what's going to happen there because that seems like it's just a mess of a mess. 
Oh man. Um, I don't even don't even, don't even say anything because it's such a mess. I'm two like two, two chapters a week is what I'm getting right now. Tops and it's killing me. Um, I can't imagine because I could not stop reading that book when I so, started reading that. So I did that a little bit. I have not been on playing any Kingdom Hearts. I am playing through Birth by Sleep. I, I wasn't play, able to play any this week. Yeah. Um, with studying and, and right, I we had a test and all that. My brother's in town. Mm. Still listening to Critical Role at work, um, as well as I was listening to some Star Wars theories today, or just okay character like listening and watching a video on Nihilus. Oh, okay. Which is always fun, the world eater. I also love eating worlds. <laughs> um, interesting, too. This is a slightly off topic, but I guess it fits into the to the sci-fi type realm. Um, watch, I watched a little video, not like a little, it was actually like an hour or some long video, uh, on the UFO spacecraft that's been, been like declassified. Like so uh-huh. It was, a, it was a, a more biblical, spiritual look at it. Interesting. Um, there's a podcast called Cultish. Okay. Where they go into the, the, the occult and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and they were talking, they actually had a couple guys on were talking about these declassified UFOs and how, uh-huh. how they can be perceived in the sense, kind of talking about how, uh, like a prophetic thing, not a prophetic thing, but how, okay. how they're probably more spiritual in nature than maybe more material in nature. How a lot of people will think in the more materialistic way of like, Oh, they oh, must man. be aliens from a different like, extraterrestrial, whereas they're probably more spiritual and from a different dimension <laughs> and how that relates oh, to, man. you know, as a Christian, yeah. we're both Christians and, and that how it relates to in the spiritual, spiritual realm. And this culture is by a reformed Christian guy. Interesting. Cause um, now you're, interesting. you're super creeping me out now. Um, <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, I mean, it like when sense. you look at those videos, they do like the way that, and I mean, like the people on those videos say it, like it's the movement is not like it's not obeying the laws of like physics. five thousand miles per hour, then a complete, then a complete immediate shifting. stop and right, right, it's right not, turn. Yeah, it's not obeying the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. Um, shutting down nuclear power plants, like starting from just shutting them down. Like oh, it's really? apparently, that, that's another clip. Is like where they literally go high, high, like it happened in the U.S. and I think in, in Russia. <laughs> Uh, when well, they hovered over and literally just oh, like, and it turned sh- stuff it, like, on, turned on the stuff, and then like would just or like it's already turning on, turning up, and then just shuts off. Oh, like wow. they have control over it. Well, I mean, you know, and uh, there's so, all sorts of paranormal, you know, stuff out there that not really can't be explained. Um, we, you yeah, know, well, that's yeah, that, exactly. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a definitely a, a valid take. I think if you believe in, if you're, you know believe in the supernatural which well it's interesting too hearing like even even like because they're talking about even some atheists and and people who don't believe in the spiritual Uh to an extent um like that about how they they they, even they are like there's not they don't necessarily believe that it's extraterrestrial it's just another dimension Uh right being from another dimension like you know like fairy planes or whatever you know obviously i I come in from different perspective than that because of my theology and everything like that Um, but it was interesting it's it's a it's creepy. It's, it's That's creepy. interesting. It, it, actually, I, that, it interesting got brought though. up because uh, my dad, yeah. my sister just went and saw uh, The Conjuring 3. Okay. So we were talking about the spiritual. Uh-huh. And then that my dad started talking about My dad had told me about the cultish and how they just did that and how he, you know, because my dad's interested in all that stuff as well. Right. Um. And so that just how that started. And then we started, I think my, me and my brother and my dad started talking about the, that movie, The Fourth Kind, I think is what it's called. Or no, yeah, The Fourth Kind. I don't remember. It's a movie. There's a movie called The Fourth Kind. I haven't seen it. I but. think it's a scary movie back. I went and saw it with my brother and dad when I was younger and it terrified me to death. Um, but it, they try to label it as like this. This It was supposed to be it's a real story apparently, but the chick uh-huh. was like abducted by aliens and her kids were abducted and everything like that. But when you watch the video in the, in the clips, like it almost seems more demonic in nature than uh-huh. an alien. I mean, I think they literally are spe- like like the, the voices are like actually speaking in like 
Armaic, is that what it's called? Armaic oh, um, or, or, or uh, uh, Aramaic? Aramaic. I think they're actually speaking like Aramaic. Are you talking about? The, are you talking about a movie? Or are you talking about like clips from like clips real life? From real life okay. that they played. The movie. Apparently, apparently, apparently. Okay, uh, allegedly, uh, allegedly. That's what I was going for. Allegedly. <laughs> Um, so that was just, I mean, it's not necessarily sci-fi, but I mean, it's spiritual and it's, uh, that's, that's kind of branches so, in, you know, I mean, it's va- I mean, so the reason, uh, you know, the, one of the valid reasons of, to pursue allowing, you know, your imagination to enjoy a fantasy sci-fi stuff is because there is a, <clears throat> there is a, in, in my, in my, uh, my belief, you know, a higher kind of meta narrative you know mm. that's built into our world um by god and um so there's a a cosmic really a, co- a, a cosmic struggle happening that was prophesied in the book of genesis uh mm-hmm. if you look back at the fall whenever whenever god set, prophesied or said that uh the the serpent would bruise the heel of the seed of the woman and but the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent that cosmic struggle plays out uh I mean, it's in, the first story of good and evil yeah i mean that's what most fantasy sci-fi i mean Absolutely. give or you know give or take a few things like grim dark has become a thing and yeah and more comedic fantasies a thing but like for the most part like most sci-fi is is and fantasy specifically fantasy is driven by that good versus evil narrative right. you know and that the good very original from our viewpoint from our belief system and our theology the very first story of good and evil is the biblical story yeah. you know well, and even the even the archetype the creation fall redemption mm. archetype where you have uh things starting out more utopian there's some type of evil or sin or something that somebody does something and it breaks everything there's a fall mm-hmm. and then that's where the meat of the story takes place is in the fallen world trying to get back to Eden, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens. I mean, that's in so many, uh, especially fantasy archetypes. Yes, um, fantasy is a big one. That so, yeah, and I and that comes from. Uh, I think it's it's built. It's kind of built into us. It's the it's humanity's uh, humanity's uh, mythology that connects mm-hmm. us all, all all the mythologies together. And you know, Tolkien called it called uh, called Christianity the true myth. Mm-hmm. You know, myth being a way of it not not being like a lie or something that's not mm-hmm, true but mm-hmm. being something that is used to understand and explain the world around Whoa. us hmm. and it's true you know like a story so myth is story true like a true story so oh that's interesting and and yeah so that was just yeah so anyway aliens are real but they're not what you think they are <laughs> um that's Probably what i'm getting, not, that's what I'm getting yeah. at there um, they're they're not necessarily demons but spiritual beings i mean some people i mean i know christians who believe that um you know that that it's could there could be other higher forms of intelligence that aren't human and aren't angelic or well, that's what, fallen angels that's but, actually one of the guys said that it doesn't contradict that doesn't contradict scripture and well know. that's what one of the guys said he actually one of the guys that was doing this this video was actually said he was like who we don't know who are we to say that there isn't another physical being out there created by god on a different planet that just maybe aren't created in their image or right. in his image. We're creating God's image. Right. Who's to say that these intelligent beings aren't created, just not created in his image. There's, there's something in the Bible that says yes which, or no. Which is even more, to me, that's even more scary. <laughs> like intelligent life that doesn't bear like the image of God or like, you know what I mean? Like doesn't have the, uh, I don't know if that's pot, if that theologically. I don't, I don't either. Or not. I don't either. But, but anyway, 
But yeah. But he's, it, anyway, there is that possibility. Yeah. But, but anyway, it, it was just very interesting. And uh, if you want to check out that video, Cultish Facebook. It's only on Facebook right now. Okay. That specific video. They do other stuff, stuff into the occult and all that. I haven't watched any of it. My dad has, but but it's all interesting. Nice. But that's pretty much all I've done this week. Not much. Like I said, just a lot of school and YouTube and yeah, podcasts. Shout yeah. out to Brandon Sanderson's new podcast. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Sanderson, Brando Sando. He's not doing enough. Apparently, he's not doing enough. Uh, <laughs> he had to start a podcast. He heard we were starting a podcast. Of course, so he has to start. We start. He had ours. to uh, you know get on it. Um and but it was yeah that was fun. Uh, it was, was I love yeah, like, They didn't have it. a name. They I hope they keep it. They, right now it's called intentionally blank, and I hope they keep it that. Be, they should at amazing. this point. They really should. I just love how it was just pretty raw. You know, it was just like we're starting a podcast, and then uh, at the end, Brandon Sanderson's just like we don't have an outro, <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends pretty much. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's it for me. You know, um, the only other thing that I've done. This week is me and my wife are now caught up on the Bad Batch. Yes, I have different thoughts on it now than I did last week. Really? I mean, I still. Oh, sorry, I said that so loud. Like, I still agree with my me. initial. I didn't expect you to say that. Well, I still agree with my initial like reaction of the, the episodes that we watched. But yeah. these next two episodes, if they keep it going the way it's going now, yeah, I was very impressed yeah. and fulfilled and. Cool. Well, part of my part of. If anyone has watched the Clone Wars TV show, I have some, and they've watched, you know, you've watched maybe the first season, first two seasons. You're like, oh, this is a kids show, or it can be a kids show, right? And then you start going to the third season, the fourth season, and you're like, this is not a kids show, yeah, because then it starts talking about war and people sacrificing right. themselves and brotherhood it's taking place and everything. In the Clone Wars. I mean, it's like brutal and yeah. death, and, and it's like, I mean, so many. It, 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 you you can no longer argue that it is a kids can watch it but i think even a lot of the things in it are are beyond some kids minds yeah um so to argue that it's just a kid show is is mind-boggling so when i went into bad batch i dave filoni is still the guy doing it and and all that so i you know i kind of will go in expecting you know this will be this can be seen as a kid's show but there's going to be a lot of adult concepts in it a kind lot of, of expected more. you kind of expected it to kind of pick up right where the Clone Wars in terms of the tone. Yes, it's in terms of the tone, which it kinda the first episode kinda did. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then you got the next two and like I get it, it's fun and it and it was cool, but it definitely and I remember talking to my dad about this, it was just it just seemed very much like like it just it was it didn't it wasn't it just seemed very kiddish, which yeah. it's a kid's show, so it's weird saying that, but having watched the Clone Wars, it's not a kid's show. Right. Well anyway, going into these last two episodes that we just watched um, without spoiling too much, it just, I don't even know how, it got dark in a good way. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, right. It, um, so I saw what you, you, you mentioned on the last podcast, you know, that it felt like they were trying to push Omega fitting in and being useful too, too much to the point that it, it almost felt like kind of not believable. Like they were bringing the bad batch down a little bit so mm-hmm. that she would, um, seem useful, which I, I definitely saw that a, l- a little bit. Um, I mean, most of the ways that she ended up being useful were ways that were within like her ability. Yes, it was to, within her ability. It just, um, but I, I understand, you know, what well, I just want her to be, I want her to be useful without having the bad batch have to be brought down for it to be right, useful, you know, because right. I think she's, I like her as a character. I have nothing wrong with her as a character. I think she's an interesting character, you know, I just, had a hard time believing the bad batch being brought so low 
you know what I thought about? I thought about Ahsoka. So Ahsoka, when she was first in, at least, and I mean, I don't remember, like I wasn't necessarily talking with people about this, but I remember, I, I, but I, I heard people talk about Ahsoka when she was first introduced, the fandom, uh, Star Wars fandom didn't take to her immediately. Yes, I do. They kind yeah. of felt like, you know, oh, here's this character we're supposed to like care about and they're really trying to give us a lot of time with her so that we care about her. And but now she's like inseparable from Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, at this I mean, point. And she's a huge favorite. So I and I, I'm not saying that's what Omega's gonna be. I'm just I was just thinking it's a maybe a similar feeling at the beat, you know, where Omega's kinda like, why do I care about Omega? Well, that's you know, my thing though, is, is this I, character in here. I don't it's not that I don't care about Omega. I actually like her as a character and I think uh-huh. she'll be a good character. My problem is I don't like I, I was having a problem with them with the, with this in, in uh, insane elite team being so easily whooped and then having this little girl help them. Yeah, I want them. I want them. I want Omega to be brought up and be a cool character while also having the Bad Batch be what they be cool. are, what they're supposed to be, which is best of the best, you know. Yeah, and I, you start to see like that second to last episode. You start to see that they're. I mean, they're stuck in a crazy situation and they're just whooping butt yeah you know and omega's helping out too you know she's not doing the best at times and she doesn't need help but at the same time she's right. doing a she's doing good work you know she is and she's they're they are showing they're showing character progress like they're showing that she's not she doesn't start off good at everything mm-hmm. better than everyone at everything which is good and uh, i like that like you know some characters may have 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 been portrayed and certain star wars movies we won't mention but um (laughs) but um yeah she like you know she's she's not good at like shooting that bow thing Mm. and she's trying to help out and she's kind of making things like them have to come save her and stuff like that you know which is the classic um but believable you know trope for like uh a character that is younger and trying to fit in, you or know, she's, so, and she's getting better. And, but she's, yeah, and, she's learning her she's place. Learning. She's learning what she's good at and how it's recognizing the situation and how she can help. And I think, and I, you know what, you know, what's making me get it kind of even more, make her more likable is her and Wrecker's relationship. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not going to go once again, I'm not going to go into details because it just aired. So, okay. I mean, I, who knows we're going to post this podcast, but like still, the bad, bad it's still new enough to where i don't want to try and i want to try best not to spoil too much but uh there that that last episode they just they just did yeah um first of all the whole the whole thing with just wrecker was just heartbreaking yeah to watch all of that um especially like that's the thing that's when, when you when you they brought in that aspect of this is a this is an adult show with some adult right. concepts where like oh i want to talk about but this this crazy part is about to happen right and she has to make his decision um and luckily she doesn't end up having to make it but like it gets to that point where this now this little girl technically little girl has to make this decision this 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 life or death decision yeah and it's just like oh crap like whoa yeah you know and luckily everything works out but they had kind of built they had kind of laid the train groundwork tracks Mm -hmm. earlier because at the end episode three um wrecker uh, she like didn't have a place to sleep on the ship, and at the very end of the episode, Wrecker like makes a little room for her, and mm-hmm. that that was kind of when I started to kind of feel like a little more heart, the heartwarming yes, feeling that's like friendship, you know, because Wrecker, I don't know, Wrecker was not my favorite character. He's yeah. a cool character, mm-hmm. but he was kind of like he's kind of like a character that served the purpose of being a strong character. Mm-hmm. But 
him him taking to Omega and like trying to bring her in actually made him him a more interesting character, more likable, and also made her more uh, likable too because you're like happy to see her like mm-hmm. feel like she belongs. And it sets up this and this it sets whole, up this tension this, later this, on. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, uh, without going into a, a whole lot, but to getting into this basically almost heartbreaking scene, yeah. you know, where we're like, it's oh, just man, like, I, oh. we'll have to come back to it so we can talk more detail about yes, it. Yes. This, this episode in particular, we're going to talk more about, because um, like, there's a lot of stuff like with, um, do you does it matter if we introduce, say the surprise, not, I don't know, surprise character, but the character that shows up. I mean, I, we don't have to. There's a cool character. It, it, Rex. Captain Rex shows up. I'll, I'll do it. I'll say it. That, yeah. You can look at the trailer that and was, know that it's Captain Rex. That, I mean, we all knew it was coming. Yeah, that's true. But he shows up. And so it that also sense. brings up another aspect. Because now, now you're going back to the Clone Wars and, and this aspect of... I mean, he even says at one point, like, I've seen what those chips do to my brothers. I yeah, don't want to bury... Wanna bury I do not want to bury any more yeah. of my brothers. Uh, yeah, his reaction... His reaction to... It kind of gave me chills. Like, his instant reaction of, like reaching for his blaster of like, cause he's yeah. seen how it just overrides your personality and, 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 and everything. Not only seen it, he's felt it. Uh, and then it turned, you know, um, <laughs> if I say much more then it's just going to be, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come back to that episode. Cause it was a good episode, but as, I, an, as another side though, real yeah. quick, kind of off topic, not really, it's on topic, but not a story. It, it not really a spoiler. That planet they go to in that episode. Yeah. Baracus, Braca, 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 Braca. Braca. It's uh, from, Jedi Order. Fallen, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that, during that episode, Kyle Kestis should be on that planet. You think so? I'm pretty sure that's where they, he crashed and he stayed on that planet until he ended up leaving. Oh, he did. Okay. Because I was, I was trying to place sure. it. I was like, because I, I, when he, when Order 66 happened, he was like a teenager. And then when the game starts, he's definitely like early 20s or something. But if he crashed on that planet, yeah, I, I so forgot I, that. I think that there, there's actually a theory. That's I actually really watched cool. a video on today. That I actually, there's a theory that the, the ship that they were on may have been his ship. May have oh, been his ship because his ship wow. was apparently over Braca. Yeah, when it when it was when Order sixty six happening. Okay, whatever. Um, so that's just as an aside. That's kind of an interesting little throw yeah. tidbit thrown in there. No, that yeah, that was really some of those kinds of things were really cool. Also, in episode five, the Rancor. That's that's totally that's totally Jabba's rancor. Jabba's rancor the one that from almost episode kills. six, right? Not only yeah, we know the name of the the rancor is named which Mookie. is which is weird, but also funny. But it, it's weird because you know, yeah, you're like oh, so I, it's it's an information that you've never thought you would have wanted, and you still don't right. necessarily want it, but it's there, and you, you're like okay, I'll take it. <laughs> it you know I don't know it felt it was like sometimes that kind of stuff can feel like oh they're just trying to like fan service fan service. But it didn't really feel like fan service. It felt it made it just made it feel more. This feel more like it's really taking place in the in this a connected world. Well, that's the thing know? is it it didn't feel very fan service to me because once again it's not something I ever thought I wanted the information to. Right. I never once right, watched it. Was, so was like, what's the name? Right. Of, it wasn't like Han Solo. Like, how did Han get his name? You know, yeah. it's not like they were telling you the information you would always wonder. Like, Which, what's the the Kessel Run? You know. As an as another aside, another little tangent. What's that? I can't believe he got it. Han Solo. It's like, what? That's, that, no. That's it. He, no, like, he just, but oh, no. Oh, I'm Solo. I'm a, I'm a loner. So, Han Solo. Oh, that's your that, name. I, that was the movie that, I mean, I mean, I liked lots of, I liked aspects of that movie, but that was that kind of movie where it's like, telling that story makes it seem less 
interesting and less yes. cool than just like having this character show up and but well, anyway, I mean, yeah, I, not to get too much into that. I just but. it was a good Star Wars story, mind you. I just don't think I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like the Han Solo aspect of it. Yeah, love the Star Wars story aspect of it, not the Han Solo aspect of it. But uh, and then at the oh yeah, well yeah, we'll save that. That's still Episode Seven, so I won't get into that. But um, yeah, I, I, I I'm but at this point I'm like super on board with the show. Um, very interested. Did you also notice in Episode what six the two smugglers who they were? Have you watched? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I saw that arc. Um, and I, you know, I didn't love it in the Clone Wars, but... They were fun characters in, in, the, in Bad Bash. But yeah, they actually, yeah. yeah their, are, their, 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 you know, part in that episode was actually really fun mm-hmm. and uh, and not, like, annoying or anything. And so, yeah, it was cool. And I think, I, I like how he used them to, does the story use them to kind of push... The right. bad batch into doing more of what might be good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that kind of um, kind of got them to ask that question of why are we doing what we were doing? Can, sh- what could we be doing? What should we be doing? You know, because we're just out here just making money. You know, being mercenaries. Is that really what? I love how they're all just dads so, now, though. How what? They're all just dads now. They're yeah. Well, there's hunters. Omega the dad, has four dads. Hunters the dad, and he's got he's got dads. all the uncles. Because Crosshair was the fourth one, right? Oh, no, no, Echo. Echo, Echo. Yeah, there's fifth Echo. Antique. <laughs> 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 An Australian accent. <laughs> or or is, that, is that a... That might be a New Zealand accent. It's Kaminoan Kim- accent. Kaminoan, yeah, it's New Zealand then. Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah, good good, uh, good stuff. And that and that show is a 16-episode show, so we're not even halfway are through. We only go, are they only doing 16? They're not going more than that? It looks like it's only 16. <laughs> I was thinking it was less than that. So I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh man, we're not even at the halfway point yet. So there's a lot more for them to do. It might be good because you know when you get like a 23 episode show, That's you have these lulls where you have like two, three episodes that are just like, yeah, when well, you you start throwing it, well, it's when they start throwing in the filler. Right. But they've already kind of thrown it. Eh, so, uh, that's one th- yeah, that's that's a side thing, but I that's one nice thing about like streaming services, there's less like this is the cookie cutter length of a TV show. It has to be this many episodes and so um cuz I've seen lots of shows where it's just like I can't imagine what they're going to do for 20 episodes, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Well, what do you say we uh take a break right now? Yeah. Go grab some drinks. We got some drinks to try out. You guys can hear us try and I think I need to let my cat inside. Okay, we're going to let Sill, <laughs> the uh honor spren cat inside. We, we did we did name our cat Sill, me and my wife. We'll be back. <laughs> we recording, and we're recording. We're recording. <laughs> we're, we're back. We have a treat for ourselves. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah. So we we tried uh, where the Guinness is like Guinness cold brew stout or something stout. Like, like it was supposed to be have like a cold brew taste to it. it um, was- didn't didn't hit it. Yeah, it wasn't like awful, but it just wasn't something I would want to drink. Right. Yeah, but so we got this time. Uh, there's a Florida brewery called Funky Buddha, and they did a have a limited series of a drink called Void Shaker. It is a barrel aged stout. This is lim- oh, it is limited series. Fancy. So save it. Never drink it, but no. So we have let, we have opened them. You can't hear the cans, o- the bottles open. This does say, "Let your funk flag fly." 
And that's what we intend to do today on the Bridge of Two podcast. Yeah, very progressive. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name Void Shaker. Okay, let's do this. Ready? You're ready. All right, I'm going to try it. That is a... Ooh, that's a strong beer. That's a strong taste. Um, the smell's really good. That has got a weird... like. It's like a caramelly almost? It is. It's very, very strong. I mean, it is 11% it's, alcohol. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a lot for a beer. It is, but it's also mm. a stout. I so it reminds me of the reason I got it is because there's this one beer called uh, Dragon's Milk. That's a bourbon barrel aged stout, and we we had that before, and it's really good. This reminds me a lot of that. I feel like it's a little sweeter. A little that. sweeter. I don't. That, that that initial swig was. Whew. I like it. I like it better than than last week's so, though, or last podcast. Yes. It is very. I, I think I very, can keep drinking this. I, that one I couldn't. This is very sweet, very interesting. It does have a what? What this did say? Our limited time bourbon barrel aged imperial stouts are mysteriously dark, perfectly balanced, and totally funky. Yeah, so very specific <laughs> flavor there. No, <laughs> it doesn't really. Say. It's mysteriously dark. Interesting. It is mysteriously. It is dark. mysteriously dark um, and mysteriously sweet. And funky and stuff. Funky, funky. Void Shaker. It's a dope name, Void Shaker. It is, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the drink we'll be drinking. So We real quickly need to talk about uh, this Lord of the Rings oh. anime that you have mentioned to me. Mm, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're just going on around, you're just living your life, and you're just, you know... As one does. As one does. And then from the sky, something that you never would have thought to ask for just drops. <laughs> something you never thought you wanted, but you did. Lap. You ever so did. So, I don't know if this is because the Lord of the Rings show is like being worked on by Amazon and maybe Warner Brothers still has some rights to 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 make stuff Lord of the Rings and so they're like let's do this too because people are going to be into Lord of the Rings right now mm-hmm. but well, is um, it, when you when are, when are people not into Lord of the Rings well, that's though? a good question yeah ever since you know 2003 pretty much uh, it's been uh, dominating um, but uh, yeah so there's a uh, an anime going to be an anime Lord of the Rings movie I think it's just a movie I don't think it's a show. Interesting. I think I could probably look it up, um, but it's 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 called War of the Rohirrim, and it's going to take place like four hundred years before Lord of the Rings, um, the actual events of Lord of the Rings, and it's going to focus on the Rohirrim, so the the country Ro- of Rohan, which I'm so glad this happens because I I love talking about Lord of the Rings, and it gives us an excuse to start talking about it without it being a whole episode. But yeah, the Ro- Rohan. It's like the home of the horse lords, you know, known for their cavalry and they're kind of uh, reminiscent of a more like Nordic Viking type, call it, oh, Beowulf like style culture. And there was a king named Helm Hammerhand. He built the Helm's Deep, the castle that's in the second movie where they have this last stand. That's Helm Hammerhand built that. And apparently, you know, there's this just huge wars and battles going on when he was king. And it, it became 
a famous um a famous uh part of Rohan's history and they're making a movie about Helm Hammerhand and the Rohirrim. And I can't wait. Uh It does look like it's a movie. I looked it up. It's a movie. It okay. like it's and movie. I heard it's going to be in theaters. Um and uh Philippa Boyens, she was one of the writers on the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit movies. Mm. So there was Peter Jackson Peter Jackson's wife, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens, and she's doing, she's writing on this one, uh, this movie too. So that's some good credentials there going for it. I'll be interested. I I do like myself a good anime, so I'll be anime intrigued. Anime Lord of the Rings. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, what, it could be better. I mean, Tolkien, you know, I think he'd be proud. No, <laughs> probably not, but. <laughs> no, because there's 100% gonna be some sort of nastiness coming out of it. <laughs> like super bloody? No, I mean, like. The other side of nastiness oh. <laughs> that it just tends to follow anime. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. I mean, hopefully not because that's not really the motif or the aesthetic of Lord of the Rings. But that'll be interesting. Um, I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited for it. The um, direct a guy that is directing it. He direct. He's directed a lot of um, and written a lot of Ghost in the Shell. Which I don't know mm-hmm. much about. I just know it's a popular. Anime. I know of it. I haven't watched or read any um, of it. So yeah, so it, you know that's a uh, some I guess some good anime credentials there. But that's an interesting thing. It'll be interesting to see what comes from that. And I think Keep they're working on it. We'll end, up, we'll end up watching it. I'm sure we end up talking. We'll about talk it. about it. Yeah. Do an episode. Break it down. We we ought to do an episode. Break down. Actually, we could talk about like. The that time period that character a little bit. If that would be interesting because that would be interesting. I don't know. Like delve into it before the movie comes out. Yeah, I don't know much of the that aspect of Lord of the Rings, so that would be kind of interesting. You'll, yeah, you'll be teaching me a thing or two. I guess I could do my own research too. But yeah, read about it. It might be fun. Maybe I'll bring all the all the books because when you're trying to learn about something Tolkien, there's usually like multiple versions of it mm. in different books that have been published. Especially when it's not like the main Lord of the Rings uh, series, because you know he tinkered with lots of different stuff for a long time. No, I'm inter- I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, so that's just like random. It's just random. Like you just one day you're reading, you're you're just doing whatever, and then it's like Lord of the Rings Rohirrim anime set 400 years before. It's like what? Okay, all right. Anything else new coming out that you are interested, are excited for anything? Like that? I, I don't know if I can think of anything. That I know of that's coming out, movie, video uh, game, or book, or anything like that. Well, Brandon Sanderson always has books coming out. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> that's a given. But his third Skyward is coming out, isn't it? Yep, that's coming out, um, you know. He Which just, I want to read. Apparently him and uh, the guy he's doing the podcast with, Dan Wells, they're doing some kind of story in this Dark One universe that Brandon Sanderson created. I heard it's going to be on audio, too. It was what it sounded like from his podcast. Is it going to be an audio It sounds like it's going to be like, like an audio drama. Kind of like, because okay. um, they were talking about the, the criminal... True crime podcasts, right? And so he wants to do something like that, audio wise, with but in his that universe, which I also want to read. That that's a comic book, right? I want to read that as well. Yeah, it's a um, graphic novel, and uh, yeah, I actually wanted to read that too. That'll just, be a little bit easier to get for me to get through with, with school because it's yeah. I don't think it's novel. multiple volumes like you're saying. White Sand was yeah. White Sand's three. I think it's just right one now. volume. Well, so it's, it's brand new. Didn't it just come out? It did just. What's come it out. called again? Dark one. The, uh, it's called Dark One. Yeah. Yep. And the premise is, I think, the premise is like book one, which means there could be book two. Oh, okay. Book one. Yeah, that's a good point. What's the print? What does it say for like the synopsis? Can you read it? From number one New York Times bestselling <laughs> Hugo Award-winning author Brandon Sanderson Rub it in comes my face. 
Dark One. Paul Tanasin. I'm going to say all of his names wrong because I do with all of his books. That's your... Like Jasna and Adeline and... And I just made 5,000... I made half the the people... Nobody knows who you're talking about. Um, Paul Tanasin is haunted by visions of a dark, fantastic world. A world called Mirandus. A world he must shatter. Some worlds are made to be broken. Um, Let's see. I'll, I'll... we're repeating the first part from New- number one New York New York Times bestselling yeah. <laughs> Hugo Award winning author Brandon Sanderson. We get it. Uh, in parentheses, the Mistborn trilogy, of the Stormlight Archive series, along with Nathan Gooden, Jackson Lansing, and Colin Kelly, comes Dark One, the first book in a series of original graphic novels oh. from Vault Comics. First book. Paul Tanasen is a young man haunted by visions of a dark and fantastic world. Visions he initially believes are hallucinations, but when he discovers they are prophecies from Mirandus, a world in which he's just destined to become a fearsome destroyer, he'll have to embrace the fear, rise up as the Dark One, and shatter everything. Oh my word. Dark One examines the dual roles we often take on in life, the ability to be a savior as well as a destroyer. Ooh. So he's... Dark. So what it seemed like with his, um... I guess there's a character in here that's very serial killer-ish. Right, and they it's want like on to, trial or something. Yeah, and they want to. They're talking um, about. First oh. of all, hold up. Can we talk about the artwork in this? This is pretty, look at this. The what? The artwork. That's some pretty good artwork. Okay. Oh yeah. Like that was my one thing. I, I uh, White Sand was. I liked the story and the artwork. It, it grew on me a little bit when I first when I first kind of looked at White Sand. I, I had a hard time grabbing getting, getting with the artwork. It was very scratchy. I think it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, but this one looks very clean. Looks very good. Like here, I'll pull up white sand actually because it's right here. You're listening at home. Type white sand into your your browser. I guess that's the image you got. But I mean, it's even yeah. It's, it's I, very I've scratchy. seen that. Yeah, I've seen that picture, and I just thought, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. It's it's a little. It looks interesting, and I want to read it. But oh, yeah. apparently, it's on Kindle Unlimited. But the yeah, but dark one. <laughs> just the premise, you know, it's kind of like really makes you want to like follow that because he's because it's like a character the guy is like he's a normal guy i think at first and then he's basically like receiving visions prophesying him becoming like a dark lord of and like of this world so this fantasy world (laughs) so it's like i mean what do you do with that you know as as a person you know if that happens you know do you embrace that i mean i would hope you don't but i think in true brandon sanderson fashion uh he'll spin that story in a way that you see how sometimes you become the thing you are trying to avoid becoming. I also, I'm very interested in the, uh, here you go. That's a little better than the cover. Yeah. It's not as bad as I remember it being, I remember remember it being, but it's still like, it just seems very, it's interesting artwork. It's good and better than I can do. I just want to read um, everything. But mind you, if anyone has Kindle Unlimited, go read it. Uh, White appara- Sand. Apparently, White Sand is on Kindle Unlimited for three, for free. All three of them. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Okay. That's going to be my my, go. my fantasy of this next week. <laughs> All right. Um, to hear about it. But uh, but yeah, I'm interested with the, this whole parent the parent uh the like true crime crime esque thing mm-hmm. they're doing because I like. Oh yeah, it's going to be a like they were saying it was going to be a 
almost like a, I don't know if you say a mock, but like they're going to pattern it after like the true crime. The true crime series. Kind of yeah. Podcasts. Podcasts, but in this world. But it's going to be set in this, this world, the Dark One world. So that will be, yeah, that should be interesting. I'm interested for sure, especially because I'm actually a pretty relatively big fan of not necessarily true crime, but just like that, like, like, like serial killers. Right. Stuff like that. I like, I like, like Chronomize, like that Chronomize stuff. The, the, uh. All right. You like, you're fans, a fan of serial killers. Yeah. You know, almost, almost <laughs> emulating them. Well, no. Uh oh. Are you yeah. the dark one? Yeah. Why do you think are you I'm the a, dark one? Why do you think I'm a, mer- I'm a, I'm a medic, man? I are you going to shatter? Are you going to shatter our world? Is our world made to shatter? Absolutely. Please don't shatter our world. Okay. World. It's already been shattered. Anyway. Well, actually, you know what we need what? to talk about real quick. I'm what? sorry, we're gonna we're gonna go into Star Wars here in a second because oh Star gosh. Wars is amazing. But I just I I this just I'm on my Kindle chaos. right now on my iPad and I just remembered seeing this. What we need to talk about Galaxy's Edge real quick. Okay, have you read it yet? I've not read you, any of Galaxy's. If Edge. you have the opportunity, you have told to read me about it. it if you have the opportunity to read it, it's basically written by two. Like I think one of at least one of them is is a is a vet a, vet, a veteran. Right. It's um, like a, but it's, it's basically like a take yeah. take like two army guys or two military guys right. who just love star wars and uh we're like i just want to make it i want to make everything but star wars like i want to make a i like guess special right. force of star wars um like so i can't very, write star wars very very but... very very i mean heavily unapologetically influenced by star wars mm. but super military oriented as well and special forces oriented it is super good for anyone who likes sci-fi and super easy uh action-packed sci-fi they're short right, books they're short yeah um but i just i'm sorry that was a like super off topic for, not super off topic that was a little bit off topic but i just saw it in my kindle i had to bring it up because yeah. <laughs> I, I i'm still i i took a break from it like a year ago to, to read brandon sanderson again right but they're all like the seventh book and man it just got it just gets better and better and better each time and nice. they have like a bunch of them even oh oh uh what's her name karen travis karen wrote, travis has wrote one in the series yep I which she, she wrote i think she's having her own series in it Okay. Her own little shoot-off series in it. Yeah, she wrote the Republic Commando series, which is great. And so she really fit and she and it's a very military It's very um, Republic Commando-esque. What do you call it? Like a military thriller or something like that. It's the Republic Commando. It's basically so, just yeah. So, which is Star Wars. Anyway, so yeah, so that's she really fits in in that yes, world so and that stuff for sure. It's 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 good. I mean, anyone who's who, who kind of enjoys that stuff or if you like Republic Commando, yeah. Check it out. Check them out. They're very, very good books. Very just entertaining to read. Action-packed. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. It's yeah. very good stuff. Um, Yeah. Well, should we talk a little bit about Star Wars? I would love to. We're probably not going to get Just a super, little? Yeah, probably just a little for this. <laughs> I don't know. We've already been going for quite a while. We have. Yeah. We're um, at an hour about. Oh, my. Yeah. Definitely talk a little bit about it, though. We'll just have to go more later on. But Yeah. But, yeah, no, let's just talk about, like, you know, just the main, I don't know, our thoughts on the main, uh, the main six movies. Yeah, maybe. we won't talk about the, the last three, the, the sequel. Yeah, maybe. we'll see. We, we, we need to, if, if Dave Filoni makes them an alternate universe, then maybe we'll <laughs> find more, uh, a little more love for them, but. Um, Not the biggest fan of the, the sequels. Um, except no. for Kylo Ren. I think I mentioned that last episode. Right, there's, there's, there's like obviously, Kylo Ren. yeah, there's good stuff in, in, in them. They're just the where it takes the original three characters in the canon. Yeah, that's what, that's what really bothered me a little bit. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, you know, they, whatever they are going to do, what they're going to do, but um, but you know. you know what? I mean, that being said, a lot of people don't like the prequels, 
And a lot of people I, didn't like the prequels. I mean, I oh, love the prequels. So that's a good place to start, really, because I, you know, when I was, you know, nine, uh, the first movie I, you know, Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Episode One, and I loved it so much because, you know, I was nine years old. You've got amazing lightsaber fights, choreography, and everything. You were um, nine when Episode One came out. Yeah, ninety ninety nine. I was nine. Dang, I was three. Oh man. <laughs> so much to learn about the world. No. This start, that was obviously episode one was also the first one I ever saw. And you were three? When I was three. Heck yes. You were at it? Do you remember watching it? I me and my dad went and saw I had to have it. Oh, you saw it a bunch of times. We saw it. I, I my brother stopped going at my brother brain. stopped going after eleven times. We lived in oh. Guam at the time. My dad was in the military, so we, we were living in Guam for a bit. I bet where the movie's really cheap. They're like a dollar, a dollar oh. for a movie. Um, so we yeah. saw it. I mean, me and my dad just kept going. Like I said, my brother eventually stopped after eleven. I think me and my dad kept going. I think until like fourteen, fifteen times. Oh wow! Um, so I mean, like pe- a lot of people do not like number one. I love episode one. I specifically I, for the memories. It's you know if, if I don't know. I used to say guilty pleasure. I think the the prequels. It's less. It's less um, – it was kind of a fashionable thing to be – to, like, not like the prequels or, like, make fun of them for a for long sure. time. And that's not so much the case anymore. Um, so, I, I don't know if I'd say guilty pleasure. But for a while, I would have said guilty pleasure. I like episode one a lot. But um, I just love – Qui-Gon Jinn's my favorite Jedi. It's also just um, Liam Neeson. I mean – What's that? It's just Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, like Liam Neeson. Like, if he's a character in a movie, it's gonna probably going to like it, him. It, it, yeah, he's going to be the best It's like the, you know, the taken <laughs> version of a Jedi. And Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Back when Ewan McGregor was a little baby. Yeah, Ewan McGregor has a rat tail in it. So, I mean, how can you not like that? Exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, there's so much to like in episode one. I mean, Jar Jar Binks – can be a little grating, but um, you I, mean Darth Jar Jar, the true <laughs> you mean Sith of the entire saga, right? That George Lucas Sith. was that George Lucas was scared into not. <laughs> well, that yeah, there's so many like stuff about Jar Jar. I've, like if you haven't the trajectory of the Star Wars series. Please go is decided by Jar Jar Binks. Please go watch if you haven't yet. Please go watch the theories on it. It is if Jar Jar Binks is not in the movies, then like it's a whole different galaxy. It is an astounding video. The theory of Darth Jar Jar. It is astounding. Please He's go like a watch Darth it. Jar Jar. Like he could be like a third. Like you know faction of some some kind cis force user i don't know he literally is like the driving factor of those movies i mean he he he's <laughs> the driving factor he literally is what initiates the the the, the, the emergency powers to, to palpatine right <laughs> oh yeah he's the one because because padme's out of commission in episode two right yeah in episode two padme's yeah, out of commission because right. she's like off gallivanting with anakin oh be you know falling in love with uh, anakin's you know very clunky advances doing the one thing that they were supposed to not do <laughs> right very clumsy advances. just don't whatever you do don't you just stay where you are just stay put no let's go yeah. let's go say what we want we have one rule as jedi and that's not to form attachments uh, what you said uh, form attachments do. you said i should form attachments you said i should get married to this girl i hate sand <laughs> I quote that way more than I should, considering that we live on the beach. Every time I get sand, every yeah. time I get some near sand, yeah, and it's quoted, and I'm it's, it's accurate. Good. I am like a good justification. Do not like sand, but uh, oh, I, I don't know. I can I understand. Just got good quick. Well, the thing is, is I understand this conversation. <laughs> I understand why people, as someone who likes the prequel, I, prequels, I understand why people might not like the prequels. Especially people oh, yeah. who grew up watching the originals. Well, I mean, even it, when I watch episode two, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, just um, I, don't know, I can just, you can just, to an extent, 
some of it is is a little clunky in the way he told the story right. you know anakin's whole love thing with padme is very clunky very it feels cheesy it's very cheesy yeah. very just like Hard i don't i'm so bit. confused right um even to an extent i mean unless you think a little bit more into it his fall to the dark side because a lot of people think oh yeah. he fell to the dark side because he loved padme she was gonna die so blah 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 there's a lot more into it there's a lot more to that to it than that and that takes understanding a little bit yeah. more of the story of star wars so like i understand people who don't particularly to, like the prequels to me the fall his fall to the dark side being hard to understand was is more about the council and obi-wan and and their how they handled him because you know to the audience and i know that that it's 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 more it's a little more obvious because they're trying to make it obvious to the audience but it seems like it would be obvious to obi-wan and the council, especially Obi-Wan, but, the, you know, the council that, you know, Anakin's not really in a good place, like, with his attitude about things a lot of times. Um, you know, he – it's like if you're if you're so, like, constantly afraid of Jedi turning to the dark side, you'd think that there would be, like, more recognition, some kind of, like, uh, diagnosis, you know, like, besides just attachments, but, like, that they would be like, he's showing these signs – of but, falling to the dark side. But that is it's also... Like you think you'd check all the boxes. But that's also part of the point, too, is... And, and Yoda himself basically attests to this in episode two, where he literally... Obi-Wan is talking about how he's he's scared of... Obi-Wan talks about being kind of scared of Anakin's arrogance. That's right. talked about. And Yoda, sa- Yoda about says it. sometimes, you know, even more... Yoda talks about the arrogance of the Jedi, and he says even maybe... Sometimes even the more experienced, more older Jedi themselves fall into it. That's... Yeah. I, that... that that whole line right there basically just tells you everything about the prequels. The Jedi have become over arrogant. Right. They're over arrogant and they over, they they believe too much in the in the light side of the force and that nothing can stop them. Right. That's how Sidious wins. Yeah. Sidious played against their own arrogance. Yeah. He knew exactly how to get them, where to go. And he used that's how Anakin that's how he used Anakin to the fall of the dark side. He used the arrogance of the Jedi and yeah. they in the their own hypocrisy with what they believe to lead Anakin to the dark side. Yeah. It isn't just about Padme's love. Now that is a driving factor. Yeah. But it does, you know, so like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, it's just like, they didn't see it because they were arrogant, including right. Obi-Wan. Even Obi-Wan, to an, and I love Obi-Wan, but Obi- even Obi-Wan to an extent was, you know, he relatively arrogant in a lot of things. Yeah. You know? My young, my very young Padawan. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff, that would grate on me so much. It's like, how do you not see that that's going to like really grate on Anakin that you're like not putting only, him down? Not only that too, but I mean, like, you got to think about it. Obi-Wan did exactly what... What you're not supposed to do, Jedi. He formed an attachment to Anakin, yeah, and that did blind him to what mm. was happening to Anakin. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah, um, that's that's, and I think that's that's it blinded not only blinded him to that, but like even coming all the way back to Revenge of the Sith. I mean, he couldn't see it through mm-hmm. with his own hand to to. I mean, I mean, imagine. I mean, I think about that every time he's standing over Anakin and he walks away. I always think about. You know, he's walking away thinking he's handled his part and little does he know, you know, he, he you know, has not come anywhere. The the, the trajectory of, of things are is going to go pretty much the same far, way. Far beyond. Been, yeah, far beyond. Far beyond, you know, what he could have imagined. Which, you know, because eventually. he just walked away. Which eventually leads, you know, Luke into, into you kind of realize Luke uh, in his own right. And this kind of branches a little bit into the EU, the expanded universe, but like Luke in his own right realizes that the the way the jedi used to be are not how they should be mm-hmm. you know there is not just i think luke be kind of understands there is there's you know the main following the left side of the force doesn't mean 
having not having attachments, having all these rules that the Jedi placed on it, but instead just following the light, you know, mm. following the good, the light side of the force. Yeah. And using these, you know, just by having attachment doesn't mean that you like Anakin's not wrong when he says like, we're, you know, we're almost, he says to Padme, we're almost encouraged to love. He's not wrong because you have to love something to want to protect it to an extent, you right. know, the, the, Je- the, the Jedi council and the way the Jedi were, were the Jedi order had gone all the way from the older public was so very, they caused their own problems. They were, yeah. they were, they, they are the reason a lot of their problems occur and a lot of problems. And there's, and, and it even happens where people in the universe and the galaxy don't actually like the Jedi to an extent because of how they are. You're right. And their, their philosophical, the theological beliefs, you know, which is why there's some people who agree with the Sith, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, the Sith way of thinking is seductive because it seems to say you can have these things that you're denied or you're or forbidden and you can actually just care about yourself and what you want. Um, but in the end, to cert- if, you, if you actually do what Anakin did and you actually w- say, I'm going to get those things by walking the path of a Sith, you, you become even more of a slave than – I mean, Anakin became even more of a slave than he was with the Jedi because Palpatine there's, was his master. And if he, if he, you know, didn't do what Palpatine wanted and if he didn't serve him, you know, then he'd be, I mean, I think there's a lot more in like expanded stuff. There's comics and things like that to delve more into the, the, the relationship between Sidious, mm-hmm. the abusive relationship between Sidious and, and Vader and how, uh, yeah, how Vader was really kept pushed down by Palpatine. And you said in, in our opening, uh, that there's the one that embodies the power and one that craves it, right? Yeah, the master who embodies the power and the, the apprentice who craves that power. Right. So the, that is the the, yeah. the ruling kind of factor of the rule of two, and that's supposed to help them continuously get stronger, stronger, stronger to eventually reach their goal of which is, I mean, a lot of this goal is to destroy the Jedi because they believe the Jedi are antithetical to what they believe. Right. But that's. Yeah, that if you think about it, going back kind of a little back to what you said too, as far as like the dark side also leading into slavery. When I mean, you think think about it, the Sith Code talks about freeing yourself, breaking your chains, using the Force to set yourself free. Mm. But if you think about it, almost every single time they are brought back to another form of slavery, and that's just slavery to power. Mm. They crave more and more power. And it becomes a slavery of it um, onto itself, a less physical slavery, a more mental one. Um, but it is still a slavery nonetheless. They well, crave kind of, power. It's an un- unachievable, unachievable. Kind of thing. It's like you can you you have power, can you have more? You well, know, it's, and it's, it's you're always a slave to pursuing that. And this know? even goes to like what I was just watching. I was watching the video on Nihilus and how Nihilus was this being literally who literally planets. ate planets, but he did it to he was a what what's it called? A tear in the force or something like that. I can't remember what it was. He could never be hum- but his he hunger could never, could never be fulfilled. Well, it, it, sustained, right? it sustained him. His his okay. him devouring people and everything like that it, it wasn't just something that he could do. It's something that literally sustained his life. He was like incorporeal in a sense, yeah. um, which is why all you ever see is like a robe, like a robe in that space mask. ring wraith, um, basically. Um, but it talks about how he was he just continuously kept devouring these the essences of people, these souls of people, to the point where he's apparently uh, eventually um, devouring planet, like oh, entire planets. But that's yeah. the only thing that could sustain him was these planets. 
Well, that's eventually what led to his downfall because he became, he wasn't, he was the most powerful being because of that, how much force he had brought into himself from devouring things. But because of that, it, it made himself, because he was now a slave to that power. So he eventually, in order to continue to live, he needed to continue to devour planets. So you can right. just go to people, which eventually led to his downfall by a Jedi who actually had lost her ability to use the force. And I think gained it back in camera. I, it was a, a small clip, but you know, where she ended up defeating him because he, Ended up on being able to use all that power mm-hmm. and then became weak because of it, you right. know? So, in, in itself, even the craving the power and searching after that power and, and gaining that power still made you a slave to the Force, you know? Yeah. And so, it's an interesting concept to think about as far as the Sith go, which is why there should be a healthy balance, which is why I think the Grey Jedi and the Expanded Universe stuff of that is an interesting concept of, like, they kind of embrace both sides. You know, I think Luke, to an extent gets to that point in the expanded universe. Um, maybe a little less so, I'm trying to remember. But uh, I think that it was I mean, is it more the Grey Jedi view is more is less focusing on um less focusing on like I'm doing a light I'm using the force in a light side way or a dark side way and more that I'm what are my what's the goal I'm pursuing. I right? think I think too like I mean I literally think part of the code is there is no light nor dark, there is the force. Right, they literally they, they they just they believe in balance. Right. And I think that that's that's the true essence of the force is balance. You need to have a balance. You know, there can't be too much light or too much dark. Right. Um, Cause then there's seeking equilibrium. Yes. At least is something I think Lucas was kind of alluding to that whole idea. The, when Yoda says a prophecy that misread could have been, mm-hmm. you know, he is kind of Lucas um, alluding to the fact that, Oh, Anakin's going to bring balance to the force. It's just not the balance you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't just balance in the force doesn't mean defeating the Sith. Balance means balance. You know, it's a it's the less um, it is a less it, there's a good. I mean, good for versus evil is a part of the story of Star Wars, but the the way the force works is not so much about good the light being the dark. It's more about um, them being equal. You mm-hmm. know that there's there's going to be a it's going to balance itself out. But yeah. I, but I, I mean, I like the prequels. As I like the, pre- the stories, uh, the story of the prequels, and like you said, there there are some aspects of the way it's told and portrayed that you know can be a little clunky, can be cheesy, you know, just and just individual scenes where you're like, oh? like whenever, like I I never understand in Episode Two when Anakin's fighting Dooku and he gets his arm chopped off. Like I like story wise, it's fine that his arm gets chopped off. But just like the way the scene was executed, where he's just like, there's like a, just a slightly too long of a pause. Yes. Where it's like, he stops, and then the, the lightsaber of Darth Dooku swings around and cuts I'm his sorry, arm off. I'm sorry, did you just say Darth Dooku? Darth Tyrannus. Thank sorry. you. Count Dooku. Count Dooku. I merged the names. Gosh, oh my goodness. Um, Call yourself a Star Wars fan? <laughs> did? Yeah, I guess they never said Darth Dooku, did they? Darth but, Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus. But there's like so much great stuff of the story in the story and, and it forks the you know, Anakin getting his arm chopped off. It works. And I think that was more of a ca- chore- choreography issue than right. anything. Right. You know, and but anyway, that it doesn't need to be hated on so as much as it is, you know. Well, well I, even though loving the prequels as a kid too and growing up loving them and loving them now, what really oh man, what really made me end up loving the prequels was um reading the Darth Plagueis book. Okay. Because that Darth, Darth Plagueis, it does a lot with Darth Plagueis, but it deals a lot with Darth Sidious too. Right. And His origin. 
right. his origin to an extent, and it explains their whole process of setting up this plan to take over the Republic. You ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Exactly. Um, That's my best attempt. Anyway, I on. loved it. It was great. <laughs> but that that he, hearing the whole plan and how they all thought of everything. I mean, the meticulousness of this plan too to 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 destroy the Jedi and how they were going to do it was was the one thing that the most Sith never thought of doing it. They always thought of doing it through power, through conquest, through mm. whatever. Sidious and Plagueis looked at it in a different way. They looked at it through the realm of politics. Yeah. They're like, what's the best way to destroy the Jedi? Turn turn public opinion against them. Yeah. That's what they did. Palpatine became the strongest man in the Republic and then proceeded to label the Jedi of traitors. I mean, the Jedi had become basically a very political mm-hmm. faction at that point. And that's what S- and Sidious played that play to get played that against So they were them. susceptible to... You know mm-hmm. politics, and that was part of his plan. And that just just reading that reading that book. If you ever anyone has ever chance, it's it's a, it's, a real, it's not super long. Um, and it's a little thick and dense at some points, but it's really good. But man, it really I would just recommend the audiobook just because all Star Wars audiobooks are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, give it a listen because it'll make you appreciate. It'll make you appreciate Episode One, Episode Two, and Episode Three. You know all the more because you're it, the whole how we, even Episode One. There's a reason that's set up. There's take, a reason that's that's it doing takes things. place. Like we don't have to get too in depth, but it does. Doesn't it take place like pre episode one and some during episode one? It it technically ends because technically Darth- I think it ends at the end of episode one. Okay, I think that's Just, when Darth Plagueis is killed. Is it through the eyes? Is it is it through the eyes of Palpatine? Both like, Plagueis and Palpatine. Okay, so they have like it starts with Plagueis and then it starts branching off the two, and then near the end it gets to mainly just, just be Palpatine. Palpatine. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think technically Darth Plagueis is alive, half, even through, even one. through most of Episode One. Yeah, which is that that when I heard that, you know, from like I listen, watch uh, Star Wars theory videos um, on YouTube, and when I saw that, heard that, I was like, oh wow, that's really interesting. That's really different. Like the just that like Palpatine was basically a a Padawan, not a Padawan, but like an apprentice, apprentice. to a to a Sith Lord during Episode One. Um, is really to an extent. I think at that point they'd be they'd to be because I think also at that point I wasn't because the thing about Darth Plagueis was he was his plan was to eradicate the rule of two. Oh, really? His plan that's was that's that's why he was the the whole tragedy of Darth Plagueis was where he was seeking to extend life. That was a true right. story. He was seeking to extend no, his own life, pro- not through. Did he want to just be the last Sith, basically? Basically, he wanted to be. Sith? He wanted to be where he, there's no longer a need to pass on the power, right? And the way the world two did, but instead to for him, he originally wasn't even going to take Palpatine as an apprentice. Mm. Um, I think instead things occurred, Palpatine things with him and his family, um, and he ended up taking him under his wing. Huh. Um, but he originally wasn't. I don't think he was originally supposed to do that. I think he was originally going to be the last one. He wanted to extend his life, not in the way of like essence transfers, like others have done, but in the sense of legitimately staying his own body and extend his own life and be the ultimate ruler of the galaxy. Right. He was ending the rule of two, and technically the, the rule of two ended with him. I think even Sidious was like the rule of two's done. Like even though he has Vader, I don't think he ever saw Vader as that apprentice like that. He saw him as a tool. I think Sidious's huh. whole plan was to be that to lone do, right Sith. To, to take up what Plagueis's plan yes. was and embody that. Um, That's interesting. So yeah, so it's so it's very even even at the end, like like with when Plagueis is killed by Darth Sidious, it was never like that wasn't that taught, caught Plagueis totally by surprise because yeah. they had always planned on doing it together. Huh. ruling together until Palpatine ended up being like, screw you, I'm like, yeah. shocked to snot out of Ironic. Here. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, just reading that helped me, not helped me, but like just made me appreciate the prequels even more 
of just like the whole process that went through yeah. Palpatine's plan and even stuff in episode one is all meticulously thought through to eventually bring forth well, the Clone Wars. I mean, even going, you can even go into, I mean, Palpatine literally, it doesn't get, it was cut out of the final like script or whatever of, of Revenge of the Sith, but in the original script of Revenge of the Sith, it was going to be revealed that Palpatine literally create like influenced the midi chlorians to create Anakin. Mm-hmm. I think so. Like he, pretty sure that's somewhere in there. Uh, you know, almost like another "I am your father" kind of crazy reveal that um, Palpatine isn't by. It wasn't biologically his father, but I think I do with both Plagueis and Palpatine too. They right. both. They, they were trying to do something, and what they created came turned out to be the chosen one. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Don't don't fact check us. Don't fact check us on okay, that. Okay, yeah, don't don't, sure. don't 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 look that up. <laughs> no, you can look it up. But I, I, I mean, I don't know how that goes with the Darth Plagueis book. I just know that I remember reading that in the that that was like cut yeah. out of the original script of Revenge of the Sith, which I probably came it, out before. I, that I think book. it's like alluded to in the Plagueis right book. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a bit since I've read it. Or so I mean, to like it. Darth. I mean, like Darth Sidious. I mean, he was on on another level. Um, I mean, it helps you know when you're the only one. The only you know, like the only thing you have to worry about, you know, is 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 your designs, and you don't have to worry about other people really as much. I mean, I guess it's a lot to worry about, but I just think to the to for the Jedi, they have a they had a lot of padawans and a lot of things they had to manage, and they have this whole like council and and all the different Jedi within it, and what their role is in the galaxy, and what they're trying to do and accomplish. Mm. It just seems like you could be a lot. It was easier for Sidious to be a lot more focused. Mm-hmm. In in his his plan and what he needed to do in those the little baby steps and the patience. Oh, I mean, could the pati- have. his patience is magnificently um, sound. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, crazy, but but uh, all comes and comes to the head in Revenge of the Sith, which is one of the reasons that movie is. I feel like it's a movie. It's 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 very so watchable, and yet it's so horrifying to watch it all unfold. Well, it's one of my. I will. I'll, I'll say right now. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> I don't want to say one of my favorite. It is one of my favorites, but it's hard to say that because all all of them are my favorite. Oh, but like episode three is definitely one of the, up up there, and it's such yeah. a good movie, and I like it so much because it's one of the it's one of those times in movies where the bad guys win. Yeah, that is a unequivocally a crazy cost. Unequivocally, the bad guys won episode three. Yeah, I mean, literally, it ends Revenge with the Jedi the being set. wiped from yeah. the face of the galaxy, minus a few here and there. Right, Palpatine won. His plan came to fruition. Yeah. Which is astounding, you know? Obviously, it comes back to full circle in episode six. Before and, and, there was Thanos. Know. Exactly. And Palpatine's way cooler. Um, <laughs> he but, didn't need to snap his fingers. He he orchestrated it through, through politics. politics. just like real Through life. exciting <laughs> politics. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Episode three is just such a good movie. And and, and nothing beats Anakin and Obi-Wan's duel. In almost yeah. so far. It is... The pain. That scene. That. You are my brother, Anakin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just drives me crazy that that scene because it's just like stop, you're making stop me, fighting, you're just making me cry. Realize, like, like I'm always like I'm watching that movie and I'm always like somebody, you know, just like Anakin, just tell somebody, just tell Obi Wan, and Obi Wan will be like, okay, let's figure this mm-hmm. out, let's figure this out. Like, you don't have to go down the worst possible path. You know, I always that that's the the most heartbreaking thing that the scene when Anakin has just killed all the 
all the separatist leaders on Mustafar and he's looking out over the lava and everything. And there's a tear running down his face. And I always, I think I've, I've heard people talk about that. It's like, he's, he is weeping for the boy who wished to be a Jedi. Mm. He's weeping for who he wanted to be, that that was dead, Mm. you know, that died. And he was going down a path. He never thought he would have walked because he thought there was no other way. And how heartbreaking is it? That he was at a place where he thought he could turn nowhere else, but down this horribly, horribly dark path because of, you know, the, the, the lack of nuance within the Jedi Order, you know. To so, where he ruined, he, he, he loses everything. Yeah. And the galaxy, I mean, loses everything. The Jedi yeah. lose everything, mm-hmm. you know. But then, to bring it back to a more happy note, <laughs> you get to episode six, where you, you are shown that even through the deepest of darkness, there's always light still left inside. That's right. That is the epitome of Star Wars. Exactly. There's darkness in people, but there's always light still left. That is Luke's ultimate goal in those movies, is to show that Darth Vader, there's still light in his it's, father. It's all about, op- yeah, it's all about where are you in the story. You think you're... You, depending on where you're at in the story, you look at it and you think this is the saddest thing. This is horrible. It couldn't go. It couldn't get any better. Let's just close the book mm. and let's just you know what you know to get real. I mean, whatever you're going through in your life, you could feel like this is just so sad. This is just so hard. I'm. I'm. This is so tragic. This is your Order sixty six. This is your Revenge of the Sith. You know, or whatever. And what you don't realize is they're all you're you're always at a certain part of the story. There's another and, three movies, man. Yeah, there's another three your movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you got you, you know that's the that is a um, you know the beauty of of the way Lucas orchestrated everything. That I mean, you take the character down the darkest road, and then you bring him back. I mean, there's always that's amazing. It's always redemption. I mean, he, he even shows. he was like, "It's too late for me, son." And you know that is a beautiful thing too to use the relationship of father and son mm. to to bring like what else could bring you back from that is the fruit of you know the piece of the person you lost the the piece of the person that you the reason you went down that path in the first place mm. you know you still have a piece of that person uh, you know of your wife you know um, through your 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 children. And that person believes you can be something different. Mm. You can be something better. And in that one split second moment, you know, in episode six, um, he cho- chooses to be that person and it brings him back. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. So, Well, I think, uh, I think that might be a good spot to end. Yeah. Watch Star Wars. <laughs> I, I absolutely watch Star Wars. 100% watch Star Wars. There will be more Star Wars conversations. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more we could talk about. There is a lot of Star Wars to talk about. But thank you for listening again. Thank you for coming back. If you've listened to the other episodes, if not, if you found just found us, thank you for, for joining us for this one. Uh, hit that yeah. subscribe button if you like it. Yeah. Uh, follow you... us on Instagram. I think it's bridge underscore of, of underscore, underscore two. two. I think it's TWO. Yeah, TWO. Um, yeah, I did make a YouTube channel too. There will be posts on it at one point. I am lazy and have not posted anything yet. Uh, at this, I, I'm sure we'll, <laughs> before we like put put everything that we have so far up, we'll there will definitely be. We'll have some stuff up there, and um, yeah, we just enjoy and having these conversations. So uh, come back next time. We'll talk about some more fancy sci-fi stuff and have a good old time. Absolutely. This was and is. The Bridge of Two Podcast. A far, far away bridge.
you know, he tinkered with lots of different stuff for a long time. Sills Jeremiah's letting her, cat is she's letting very her interested um, she's letting in her the table wind, right now. She's letting her inner windsprint come out. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. gonna Watch her. She might step on your keyboard. She will 100 step on your keyboard. Sniffing. Sniffing the microphone. Sniffing my Sticking laptop. to things. <laughs> sniffing your beard. Sill, come on. What are you doing? She wants some funky Buddha. Yeah. So that, yeah. So, um, Let's see if we got that on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> 